Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Become, homie. What was that, Tom? That's no, that's Tom. Tom. He's really? becoming, homie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Well, today, Home Team Gang, we got uh, a lot of stories that we haven't covered due to guests that we've been having. I said last minute, why don't we do a Home Team? And we're doing it an hour typically before we do the podcast. So, California, it's 5 a.m. Many people are probably not even awake yet for this podcast. But those of you that are with us, fantastic. Let's get right into it. A lot going on. Economy, um, tenure. Treasury yield hits 4.8%, a 16-year high. Banks are bracing for a recession as Treasury yields surge. Mortgage rate races towards 8% after hitting a high not seen since late 2000. And Thomas saying they're about to increase the uh, uh, possibly the rates again. And if they do, the rest of the year is going to be very, very interesting. Many will have to brace for impact. There's a jobs report that came in, September's jobs report. There's a lot, lot of things in it. A couple strikes going on. People, this was the year of investigation, the year of strikes. Gang, wait till you hear the wrecking, breaking uh, 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 strike that's taking place right now. And then we'll go into what Putin's doing. Putin says Russia has tested next generation nuclear weapons. And they said Russia's mission is to create the new world, not be part of the new world order, but to create the new world. GOP holds the biggest lead on the economy since 1991. Wait till you see what happened to Starbucks in San Francisco. Uh, uh, very interesting that it coincides with what happened with Nancy Pelosi. Weird. Jamie Dimon says AI could bring not four-day work week, but he was aggressive. He said three-and-a-half-day work wow. week. Wow. Three-and-a-half-day work week is what he's saying. It's coming here soon. And then outside of that, uh, American apocalypse 71% of Americans don't believe the U.S. government uh, uh, is able to prevent doomsday. Trevor Bauer's accuser, Lindsey Hall, opens up on text and video claims, and even Trevor Bauer finally shows videos, and it's done, done, but they stole two years of his life, and I would say probably $100 million of this guy's life on what they did, and it's permanent. That story's going to stick around for a while. World Economic Forum advisor says the coming water crisis will force people to accept climate mandates and America's non-religious groups growing. Outside of that, the last story I'll tell you here that we'll get into, which is very annoying. Adults shouting. By the way, this is a CNN story. So it's adults, real. So it's adults, real. Check this out, Vinny. Yeah. Adults shouting at children can be as harmful to a child's development as sexual or physical abuse. Let me read this to you one more time, folks. <laughs> it sounds, I know you're joking. Adults shouting at children can be as harmful to a child's development as sexual or physical abuse. So, we, again, just absolutely insanity when you're hearing a story like that. But uh, uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we go into a story, and then we'll go to our sponsor, and then we'll get into the podcast. So, strike. Tom, why don't you lead the way? Tell us what's going on with these strikes. So, we've been talking about the Hollywood strike, and we've been talking about the UAW strike. But in the last 48 hours, the largest strike in U.S. history happened as the healthcare workers walked out. Oh, great. This is, so, what is happening is, could it be that in the mind of the worker, the unionized worker, and unions, remember, in 
uh, private unions, maybe private companies, we're not talking about teachers unions or government unions, those are public unions. These private unions, people are looking around and saying, wow, you know, stock market's up, uh, you know, look at the amount that CEOs make and everything. Uh, the economy seems to pop back after COVID and inflation's hurting me. I want to be paid more. And so how do you unionize people do it? They negotiate. And when that doesn't work to their liking of big jumps, they go on strike. And so all the talk about Hollywood over the last two and a half months, all the talk about the UAW and the auto workers, what's happening to potentially the price and availability of cars as workers aren't working, yet 48 hours, last 48 hours, the largest strike in U.S. history happened. Healthcare workers. Wow. How many is that? 75,000 went out on day one. I saw that. And the raise they're asking for is what? What's the raise they're asking for? It's, it's, it's the standard 20 to 40 percent, and then they're trying to find out where that soft landing in the negotiation is going to be. So how different is this one than the other strikes that are taking place? I don't think it's very different at all. It's like they're, they are trying to make up for lost time, and they're all getting pinched by inflation. Mm-hmm. So the argument that they're making is one is economic and saying, and I can't even afford to buy eggs, you know. <laughs> Uh, but on the other side is, hey, we haven't had cost of living increases. Mm-hmm. That's an argument and a beef with the employer. Mm-hmm. Well, our cost of living increases haven't kept pace with inflation. Mm-hmm. Well, if COLA was keeping pace with inflation, last year's COLA would have been 16.5% Tom, after how, two years. How, how much of this, we, we've seen the Hollywood writers strike, we've seen the actors strike, we've seen the United Auto Workers, now we're seeing healthcare. This is like breaking news, right? How much of this is tied to inflation, cost of living increases, how much of it is tied to AI, especially in the writer's strike? Make some sense of the common thread of what's actually happening with all these strikes. Because I can't remember a time where it's Everybody. strike, strike, strike. We've seen the teacher union do this every once in a while. Make sense of this for us, Tom. So the AI, you bring up a really great point, is what there's a lot of factors in here. And so, Adam, I think the AI is not as prevalent in these union and manufacturing and jobs as as. I don't think AI hits those jobs. I don't think AI hits the worker on the assembly line. The use of robotics does, but that's not AI. What's happening here is these people are regular citizens, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles of everybody in this room. They are out there, and they have felt the effects of now three years of inflation, which I added up to 16.5% on core, 24% if you add in energy and things like that. So they're feeling that effect. That's not the fault of the employer. But the COLAs, the cost of living increases, 2%, 3%, 2%, that were in the last union contract, haven't kept up with that. So they're like, hey, look at the stock market. Look at corporate profits. Look at what the CEO made. You know what? Look what happened with inflation. I can't afford to buy eggs. So they're going out on strike. Part of it is a lag in, in normal COLA. And the other half of it, man, they're trying to make ends meet, and they have one employer, but they're armed with the union contract, and so they're striking. So you're saying it's not necessarily the fault of the employer. We get that, right? Especially big corporations. At the same time, Probably 60, corporate 40. profits have been up. What about regular businesses out there? Because most people here that are listening aren't running Fortune 500 companies. They're running small businesses, 100 employees, if not less or more. How is it affecting those types of companies as well? To answer your first question, I think it's 60-40. 60% the economy and 40% the company. Because remember, these are union contracts. And you know they're dissatisfied with the union contract the minute they sign it, right? From that moment, the average union worker is dissatisfied with the contract because there's all the stuff we didn't get in the contract. Well, we'll wait three years and next time we'll go get them. 
and I think it's 40% the economy. So I think that there is a simmering frustration and the inflation over three years on Bidenomics, boom, put a match on that, on that, I, I also that drive think, straw. I think there'll be an opportunistic. What is this article saying? Five things to know about the uh, strike. Can you go a little lower? So, uh, uh, because if you're a patient, Pat, like, what, like how's it going to affect people that are sick? Or no? You know, what I, you know what I mean, Tom? If I think sick, I know where you're going, Pat. I agree with that word. I They're think, seeing everybody else struggle. Yeah, I think it's purely, it's kind of like, you know, all the houses in your community mm-hmm. sell for two times what you bought two years ago. And people are going to be like, dude, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling. Cash in. Let's capitalize. Let's cash in on strikes right now. So five things you need to know. Workers are mainly striking in California, Colorado, Oregon. You can still see your doctor during the strike. Lab mm-hmm. test may take longer. Your surgery may be rescheduled or so, postponed. Oh, That's wow. Not good. Inconvenient if it's a triple bypass. <laughs> your prescription may take longer to get. That's so yeah. 75000 I looked at it right now. They're asking for a 25% raise is what they're asking for. We'll Kaiser came back, and Kaiser offered them a twelve and a half to 16% range to 10,000 employees. But the union came back and said, no, we want more. In a season like this, by the way, it, it partly, partially when you're looking at this is why is this happening? You say the economy, right? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago about a mortgage payment. Did we talk about what a mortgage payment would be on a $500,000? Yeah, yes, it, you did. You did the math for everybody, how it doubled. Did, did we do that on the podcast or was you it on Twitter? You did that on the uh, on I saw, well, I think we did it in New York. Right I don't... LA, when we were in L.A., when you were on Dave Rubin and uh, the Rubin Oh, thing. I did it on Rubin yeah. or I did it on this? You did it on Rubin. Okay, so then let me do this. Let me go to this story. So check this out. So mortgage rate races towards 8% after hitting a high not seen since late 2000, okay? This is a CNBC story that we're talking about. This is, so here's what it looks like. Rob, get the mortgage calculator from Google up. Yeah, that would be perfect. So the the average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage rate surged to 7.72, the highest since the end of 2000, driven by rising yields on a 10-year treasury, which has been climbing due to strong economic data. Mortgage rates, which had briefly dropped, to around 6% at the beginning of the year, have been steadily rising over the summer, impacting home sales despite uh, strong demand. There's a possibility that rates may exceed 8%. The higher mortgage rates have adversely affected housing affordability and a new and ex- uh, existing home sale markets, causing home builders' sentiment to decline. For example, a borrower purchasing a $400,000 house with a 20% down payment on a 30-year fix faced a mortgage payment roughly 930 higher compared to a 3% rate during the height of COVID pandemic. So check this out. Pull up the co- uh, uh, mortgage calculator if you can. All right, let's say you do $500,000, okay? Is the loan, 30 or fixed, and take that to 8%. Okay, take that to 8%. Okay, so the payment is what? 36.69. Just write that down. 3,700. 36.69. Wow. Okay. Now, Roommates. the only thing I want you to change is just change that 8% to 3%, mm-hmm. which was what it was 18 months ago, 2108. Okay. So twenty one oh eight, almost fifteen hundred. You're talking about fifteen hundred and fifty one dollars more. So do fifteen hundred and fifty one divided by twenty one oh eight. What's fifteen fifty one divided by twenty one oh eight? Fifteen fifty one divided by twenty one oh eight is it's a seventy four percent increase on mortgage payments. So the, 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 now, Rob, if we do this, take the twenty one oh eight. Just pull up a regular calculator. Pull up a regular calculator and divide the 2108, put 2108, divided by 
0.36 equals, that's what the bank is going to want to see for your income. Times 12. What? Okay. No, no, hang on. So, so the, the, the bank is going to want your monthly income to be 58.55. Do it now times 12 to see what the annual would be. Okay. Equals what? 70. So they want a $70,000 your income to qualify for a $500,000 loan 18 months ago. Now, oh, wow. go clear the whole thing up. Real quick, why did you do 0.36? That's the debt to income. Gotcha. That's what you need to be in, making. Oh, yeah. So now, Explain that for a second. Debt to your bank ratio. is revaluating you, right, for people listening? Yeah. So the bank is looking at you saying, can this guy afford to buy this house? How much money do you make per month? So they'll take the mortgage payment and divide it times, you know, the typical number is going to be 0.36, and you get that number to know this is what you need to make to be able to afford to buy the house. So now watch this. Go to the 3669. So same house, same area, 18 months different. Rates are 8%. Now divided times, divided by 0.36. Now the bank wants you to make 10,191 Time, times 12. So, 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 so over 100 grand a year, you're saying. Yeah, wait. Guys, yeah. they 20. want your income How about to be $122,000 to qualify for the same house. So then the question, so, so then you ask the question for the strikes and you say, okay, why are they striking? Maybe because they can't afford to buy the house. Mm -hmm. So Bidenomics, guess what? More he talks about Bidenomics, it's the worst thing he's doing for himself the more he's talking about Bidenomics. And, and outside of this, you know what's the first default that's shown right now? You know what is the first default? Because right now... Commercial uh, real estate? Well, we're seeing uh, on a lower level. So you got let's categorize the defaults. Mm -hmm. We have car payments. Under car payments, we have good credit car payments. Mm -hmm. And we have D-Paper, which is subprime car payments. Then on mortgage, you have what? Regular people that got mortgages that have good credit. Then you have subprime. Then you have commercial real estate is what? Regular people that got good, you know, uh, uh, commercial, some of them that did hardcore financing. You have school loans, okay? You know what is the first thing right now that's defaulting right now? Is subprime car payments. It's mm -hmm. up, skyrocketing. Which is core workers that have it's, a reasonable amount of debt. Yes. Yeah. And they're and probably are, paying 15% and less more, whatever it is. Yeah, so because these guys' credit, credit is not 750. Yeah. Their credit score is a 650, yeah. 620. And they're trying to get car financing. You ever gone to a car, uh, try to uh, a dealership to get a car financing with back credit? Oh, Your payment it. is 30% yeah, higher, 20% higher. That, that guy, A, if you're in that financial situation, probably don't understand interest rates for all that matter. But when you walk into the car lot... They're like, how much does your monthly payment need to be? All right, yeah, I can afford 350 bucks. Well, let me. They don't like. Don't look over here that you're paying 18. percent <laughs> Yeah, and no. that's how payment based. That's how culture. car companies. Oh, you know, you're, yeah. you're absolutely. That's how they make their that's money. That's right. Yeah. But let's don't look here. Let's no. describe uh, one of those subprime workers Pat's talking about. How about this? A nurse at Kaiser Permanente making 65 grand a year, seven years out of school, still with school loans. She is a subprime borrower, mm -hmm. and she is currently in a picket line. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that, so that is the reason why I believe a lot of these strikes are taking place because the economy is destroying the average guy today. Yeah, it is destroying the average guy. You know who else is starting a default right now? Who else is starting a default right now? By the way, you know we work at one point was a forty-seven billion auto company. WeWork. You've heard yeah, of WeWork. Yeah, the, the they just defaulted on a payment. Uh, uh, Rob, uh, type in rework default payment. Uh, I think it's a $95 million payment they just defaulted on. Zoom in a little bit. $95 million payment yep. they just defaulted on. What? So shared office space rental company WeWork said it wouldn't be making interest payments on about $95 million due Monday. And its shares fell at an all-time low. WeWork said it would use its 30-day grace period for the debt payments 
to hold discussions with certain stakeholders and to enhance its liquidity. You miss on a $95 million payment. Now, you may say, dude, Pat, that's a lot of money. You were valued at $47 billion. billion. So you know what this shows? Can you, can you type in WeWork highest valuation? WeWork highest valuation. 40? I think it's $46, $47 billion. $47 billion, <laughs> wow. I was right. Mm. So you, you're a $47 billion. They get, they, get, they get, look at this year. In 2017, SoftBank Group made the first of its total $18.5 billion investment wow. in the company. Wow. 95 million is what? 1.1 billion. You can't make a, a year. payment like that? Mm-hmm. So now you got subprime guys. Hang on. Divide 1.1 billion by 36. How much does that company have you to divide, make? You divide. You divide. That's a good point, by the way. You divide. You, you, you look at default payments on commercial real estate. Okay. Okay. So we work as the bigger commercial because that's what they do. They rent the office space, you know. Yeah. yeah. Then you default on subprime. You know what hit in 08 that destroyed the economy? Mortgage payments people started defaulting on. We haven't felt that yet. That's why this is a very different. And the reason why default isn't hitting, why isn't default hitting? Because people got low interest rates. Right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, they got low interest rates. Back in the 08, we all remember Nina. Right, no, no income, income, no, income, no assets. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the good old days, you know. Stripper making a hundred grand cash, bought just three houses. Congratulations, we saw that. In Remember the the big short. That's Michael the Burr, scene with Steve that. Carroll. You have three houses yeah. and a condo and a condo. Yeah, doing their thing. So an- anaconda. What'd you say? Anaconda. 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 That was a song. He goes. He goes. Anaconda. I thought for a second you were singing. Yeah. Says, go ahead. I don't want to touch you. Can Tom, you just dance? I know you're a big Nicki Minaj fan. She's a huge fan of the case studies you do. I know that she cites you all the time. Respect. Um, Best here's my question. I've ever met. I, w- I would like to, to know the, the mortgages that are defaulting now, percentage of how many are defaulting from the good old days, you know, 3% or less, versus people that got a mortgage in the last, let's say, 24 months since mortgages have skyrocketed, where that comes in. You're like, all right, I just really wanted to buy a house. I missed the, I missed the boat. I could have got 3% a year or two ago. Now I'm at 6.5%. Boom, default. I got... Laid off my job, unemployed, picket line, what have you. That would be an interesting case study. Have you seen that? Would be on that? to see which one is defaulting. Somebody yeah. in that space has to break it down and see where these defaults are going to be they're, because they're not here yet. Mm-hmm. So a lot of real estate and mortgage guys are saying, "Well, you know, you, you guys call the doomsday all this stuff. It's not here." They're right. It's not here yet because people are not selling their yeah. houses because they don't want to lose that three percent interest rate. You know what I think about too about you know that like <clears throat> when you don't make your payment, <clears throat> not you, but I'm just saying in general on your credit card, they call the creditors, they call you. What is that ninety five million dollar phone call like? Like, hey, yeah, we work. Yeah. Where, hey, what are you what are you guys right. doing? And then Pat, what's that what's the thing that we showed the five ways is affecting the patients? Rob, one of them was you could still see your doctor. Yeah, Where? On the picket line? Yeah. You're going to have to show up and be like, yo, hey, Doc, doc hey, hi. Just, just quick. <laughs> yeah, Doc, it's Vinny. Look, I have a rash. And he's like, just get the hell off the street. Well, you know, speaking of that $95 Nurse, million Nurse, take payment. his temperature and blood pressure. Who? <laughs> yeah, we talked the about what was going on in China. Not Evergrande, but a company bigger than Evergrande in China, the commercial real estate developer. What was the name of that company? Do you recall? Whatever. They're a huge, massive real estate company. They, ha- they had to make a $25 million payment, whatever the number was. Yeah. But they're valued at $100 billion, some astronomical number, but they didn't make the payment. So not that our, mar- uh, our audience is concerned of what's going on in Chinese real estate, but here it is right here. Country Garden makes $22 million payment with $15 billion more to go. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. So again, this is a sign of what's to come. By the way, before we get to the next story, let's go to our sponsors, Masterworks. Here's Masterworks. 
You ever seen the movie Big Short? You know the guy, Michael Burry, who said the market's gonna crash, nobody believed him? Well, Michael Burry just recently bet $1.6 billion against the market. He took people's money, $1.6 billion, and he said the market's about to go down. That's what he did. The last time he got it right, he's doing it again. On top of that, Jerome Powell about interest rates says, I'm still not comfortable with what's going on with inflation, which means they may raise the rates again. Proceeding carefully is the word they're using. So what's happened at a time like this? Alternative assets is one of the things a lot of people are looking at. This is why we decided to work with Masterworks and they're our sponsor today. Masterworks, they've done 16 sales so far with all 16 returning a profit and just weeks ago they sold a Sicily Brown piece for a 77% annualized return. Now, obviously that's not all of them, that's just one they just had a few weeks ago. So you may be watching and saying, you know, I like art, but I can't afford Banksy, I can't afford Warhol, I can't afford Basquiat, but I would like to own a piece of it or fractions of it. That's exactly what Masterworks does. That's why over 800,000 people have already registered with Masterworks. And if you're part of the PBD podcast, you watch it, you have now the ability to skip that waiting list that everybody has. Now, if you want to learn more about Masterworks, go to masterworks.com forward slash PBD podcast. Once again, masterworks.com forward slash PBD podcast, or click on the link below. Nice. So there you have it. Thank you, Masterworks. So next story I want to get into is the bond story. So if we go to page 15, uh, uh, page 15, Treasury bonds, uh, this is another issue here that some are very worried about. Ten-year Treasury yields, 4.8%, a 16-year high. This is a CNBC story. This is the highest level since 2007, hitting 4.8%, while the 30-year Treasury yield surged to 4.924. These uh, yields have implications for mortgage rates and investment sentiment. The increase in yields comes as a job opening and labor turnover survey indicates a tight labor market, giving the Federal Reserve reason to continue raising rates. Bingo. That's not what realtors want to hear. Fed officials have differing views on the need for further rate hikes, but most agree that rates will remain elevated for a considerable period. Market uncertainty surrounds the timing of rate hikes with two central bank policy meetings scheduled for the remainder of the year. Tom, what does this mean to the average guy? Well, to the average guy, it basically means that rates on everything are going to be higher longer. That's what it means. So the car loans, home loans, Credit cards, even if you get good credit, if you carry over, you know, a month or two, you know, they're going to be higher longer. And it means that businesses are going to have a tougher time uh, expanding when they're turning to the bond market or the debt market to go get debt because they're going to have to pay for it. So the average person is going to see the cost of borrowing on basic things like a car, used car, you know, you, uh, um, give an example, you finance an air conditioning unit. How much is an air conditioning unit, Pat? You've seen them at your house, like 25, 30 grand? 30 grand for you a me, I bought like six of them. The I know. The one, one, what about the one here? <laughs> one of them was 48 grand. $48,000. Yeah. So if you, well, let's put it in perspective. What if you have a middle-sized house with two Two twenty-four thousand dollar units upstairs, downstairs. That's forty-eight thousand dollars. People, those are things that the average consumer has to finance when that when they happen. So the rates are going to be higher longer on um, on financing, and it's going to be harder for businesses to borrow money and expand. So uh, job openings are going to be less. So the average person is going to see probably for the next. 24, 36 months, a very tenuous economy. And ignore the headlines about high-flying stocks like NVIDIA. Oh, wait, which is down 15% in two weeks after their peak. Um, It's going to be tough for the average person. Adam, you also had thoughts on this. You were digging this this morning as well. Well, so obviously in the asset world, you have stocks and you have bonds and you have cash and then, you know, alternative assets as well. But 
I think it's important to understand that obviously the younger you are, the more risk you can take, right? So you should be more in equities and stocks. And the older you are, you're more in fixed income and bonds, and there's sort of a relationship there. As we've seen over the last couple of years with Jerome Powell and the Fed, they, they've raised in interest rates. So, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, interest rates and bonds have an inverse relationship, right? Meaning they go sort of in opposite directions. As interest rates go up, bonds go down. As bond, as interest rates go down, bonds go up. So the 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 market, I mean, here, just look at this article right here. This is from Business Insider. The collapse in treasury bonds now ranks among the worst market crashes in history. Nobody's talking about the bond market. Everyone, the stock market, the stock market, the stock market, the Dow's up, the S&P. What people don't sometimes realize is there's an entire market called the bond market that is completely separate from the stock market. And the collapse in treasury bonds now ranks among the worst in crashes in history, as you can see on the screen. And there's another inside story, same day. Investors are now having a panic attack about the bond market. So, Tom, should young people even worry about something like this? Do they have bonds even in their portfolio? Or is this something that if you're the 65-plus community, not that you're going to be there anytime soon, Tom. You're, you're holding steady. I get it. Uh, what are older people? What, what should my mom be thinking about right now? What should? Yeah, this actually reminds me of something. You said there's two types of people in this world. There's the people that are trying to make their first billion and the people who already have it. The people that are trying to make their first billion aren't necessarily investing in bonds, but the people already have it want to keep their money in a very secure, uh, risk-free asset class, but it seems pretty freaking risky today. It, it, it is. Um, it used to be that you could go to treasuries because it's backed by the, you know, the confidence of the U.S. government and, and whatnot. And over the last two years, there is a finance vehicle that has been big with people over 65. It's been huge. The billions that have gone there have been astronomical. And it is the annuity because the annuity is, mm -hmm. is a financial vehicle for people that don't know what annuity is. It's like the opposite of an insurance policy. Insurance policy, you pay a little bit along the way. And then when you die, there's a big payment that's made to your to your family, your heirs, the beneficiary. Well, a annuity is opposite. You take a lump of money and you give it to the insurance company. And after about seven years, they start giving you a monthly allowance. And it's a great way to give yourself another payment in addition to any pensions or social security you might have. Well, annuities are also safe because the they have a guaranteed interest rate. And if the market crashes, your annuity stays frozen at that number. So your annuity doesn't crash. So it's a very good vehicle for older people. So sorry to get technical, but right now with this going on, there is a flight to quality and protection <clears throat> and annuities or cash. My, I, I looked at my mom's um, Merrill Lynch report and they have her almost 65% Remember, She's She's 82, so they have her almost 65% cash, and she was at 5.375 last month. Mm -hmm. I'm like, praise God, somebody at Merrill Lynch is paying attention and working with you, Mom, because that's the right decision. Right. And and money market accounts are paying 5%. Like, that's right. You know, this, is a, 5 this is a Merrill money. But if you go back to 08, which Patch mentioned uh, before with the recession and lowering of the interest rates, essentially there was free money for over a decade, right? Like what was the Fed fund rate prior to 2020? 0%? Well, at the time right? of the crash, the average uh, mortgage in America was 5.25. The mortgage rate, but I'm saying the, the Fed fund rate, like it was 0%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moments after, moments you, after the end of 08. And you Ammo. had certain markets like in Europe and Asia where it was actually negative, right? Like minus 1%. Yep. Now the Fed fund rate is what? <clears throat> 5%. The prime rate is closer to 8%. So kind of to circle back to my point, as the interest rates go up, Bond prices fall. Okay, so let's go to this next story here. Wall Street Journal. Wall Street thinks America's homes are overvalued. By the way, New York Post story 
uh, previous day says U.S. office real estate prices headed for severe crash investor sales. So let me read the Wall Street Journal one. They kind of go together. U.S. single-family house uh, prices are, have continued to rise despite interest rate hikes reaching a new high in July, while commercial real estate, including apartments, have faced declines in value. Institutional investors who bought numerous single-family homes during the pandemic have scaled back their purchases due to rising debt costs and moderated rent growth. Large landlords purchased only 0.4% of U.S. homes in the second quarter, down from a peak of 2.4% in late 2021. Some real estate investment trusts, REITs, specializing in single-family homes, have slowed their buying or become net sellers. Shares of U.S. single-family housing REITs. Real Estate Investment Trust, trade at a 20% discount. Folks, that's a 20%. So a a $40 million property is $32 million, 20% discount. $500,000 house is $400,000. That's right. A gross asset value suggesting cautioning among investors about the future value of home prices. And then New York Post says the following. A survey of investors indicates that commercial real estate market in the U.S. is heading for a severe collapse, primarily due to high interest rates and declining property values. Approximately two-thirds of respondents believe that the market will only recover after a crash. Respondents in the survey predict different timelines for when office property prices will hit bottom, with 44% expecting it to happen the second half of the next year and 22% anticipating it will happen the first six months of 2024. Only 6% believe prices will bottom out this year, while 29% think it'll be in 2025 or later. Factors contributing to this impending crisis include aggressive rates uh, by the Federal Reserve, reduced demand for office space spaces, and concerns about potential defaults on $1.5 trillion and debt maturing by the end of 2025. Tom. This is scary. So basically what this is saying, if the, if the American residential homes or is a stock market. So just think of that. You don't have to get deep in the technical. Let's just say all residential homes in America is a stock market. And you you know, basically, you have your property tax, you have the a house that sold down the street, one of the few houses that did, and you can see the price it sold for. That is your market price. So there's your average market price right now today. Your stock market is trading 20% below that, meaning that they believe there's a bubble. Well, what's going to trigger the bubble? Well, Pat was just reading second half of 24 or into 25. Why are they forecasting that far out? I'll tell you why. They believe the Fed is going to raise interest rates one quarter point on October 31st, Halloween, to uh, November 1st. That's when they have their next meeting. And then hold steady for six months, getting through fourth quarter, see what Black Friday is all about, see how the consumer spent, get into the beginning of the year where you know it's usually lackluster in January, and then the consumer picks up. They're forecasting that they will not come to lower rates, and this is the Fed, all the Fed governors talking that they're not going to make the first rate lowering until the end of March, end of Q1, beginning of Q2 next year. So that's the first time the rate lowers. Then if the economy is doing well and there'll be pressure from the administration to lower those rates going into the election, oh, that. And so as that happens toward the end of 24, now the mortgages may be dropped under seven to six and a quarter and maybe touch that magic 5.75 people would be willing to sell sell at what price these folks think the bubble is going to be a 20 percent pricing adjustment so i hope you followed that little storyline there i tried to keep it straight 20 percent. actually i want to get uh, your perspective ppd so 
we talked about the inverse relationship between the interest rates and the bonds and, and, and all that fun stuff. I'm curious to know the relationship, the correlation between residential real estate prices and home prices and the correlation there. What's my point? During COVID, we saw the exact opposite thing happen. It was talk about supply and demand. The rush to go buy a house during COVID was astronomical. Everyone wanted to move out of their apartments and move out of the city, get buy their house. The mortgage rates were 3%. Rush, 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 rush. Major demand for residential housing. But the exact opposite get me one. was get me the hell out of this office. Yeah. Get me out of my lease. I do not want to be here. Work from anywhere. Work from home. So commercial real estate obviously took a major hit. Now things have sort of recalibrated. People are, you know, I see Jamie Dimon saying, hey, we'll just you know, work from work from home was sort of done or whatever that story was. What's that correlation typically, and where's it at today? I'm trying to understand the, those dynamics. W w this is what this is. So commercial real estate, obviously, yeah. there was a there was a major decline during COVID. Yeah. But but residential major boom. Maybe what's the typical correlation? Where's it at today? Is what I sort of more. I'm so you, okay. So go to that story. That's actually a good story to go into. So J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon says AI could bring a three and a half day work day work week. Uh, go. Let's read this article. So CEO Jamie Dimon, you're. There's the benefits of artificial intelligence, uh, which is already being used by thousands of points at the bank, and he predicts it'll usher in the norm of a shortened work week. Your children are going to live to 100 and not have cancer because of technology, and literally they'll probably be working three and a half days a week. Diamond says the bank's investment in AI will add huge value and is being leveraged across the firm's research, trading customer service, and other functions. When asked if technology is likely to replace some bank jobs, he responded that of course it will, but that technologies were all all always replace jobs. He also added that bank hires 30,000 people a year and that he expects many displaced workers will be transferred to new locations with roles with the new company. As many as 300 million jobs around the world could be affected by AI, according to a recent Goldman Sachs report. And uh, about one in five workers have a job with high exposure to AI, according to Pew Research Center, through its unclear if AI enhanced or displaced these roles. So, okay, you read all this stuff. Like, for example, this one building we're looking at, right? This building... In February of 2020, which is what? Right before COVID. Yeah, the month before. They spent $250 per square feet Perfect. to Jeez. upgrade a 300,000 square foot building. So how much is that? 250 times 300,000 is how much of an upgrade? The cost. That's oh a $75 million investment mm -hmm. to do upgrades. Okay? And they did it right. It's a great building. It's an incredible. What's the building's price before all this, Pat? No, hang it's on. Let's up there. I interrupt. I'll, I'll it. Let it's, a, it's a $90 million, let's gotcha. say, building. Okay. They fixed this thing up, 300,000 square feet. Looks amazing. Beautiful facility. Gym, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, uh, uh, cafeteria, all this stuff. It's just a ridiculous setup, right? The company's a nearly a $4 billion company. Mm -hmm. Uh, to them, $75 million is like, you know, it's, and it is money, it's but money, it's not but like it's, we got to make the upgrades. Timing is important. Yeah. They, they really screwed That's that the one problem. Up. Yep. So you signed a contract and COVID hits. Oh, God. Now everybody's working from home. Now when you go into this facility and you look at the entire building, half the building is empty. Yeah. People have been working from home during COVID. They're sitting there saying, what the hell do we do with this building? We want to get this thing off our balance sheet. They don't want this building, nor do they need this building. Yeah. Okay. With where they're at, and somebody bought them out. Some sixteen, seventeen billion dollar company bought this building out, and they're sitting there saying, "What do we do now?" This is case study that's happening right now. And by the way, this has happened across the board. There's another building here down the street 
200,000 square foot building, okay, office space. Just three years ago, it was rented 90%. So 200,000 square feet was rented 90%, okay? It's the Kaplan building. It's a Kaplan, you know Kaplan I've School. Seen, I've seen it, yeah. That's their headquarters. Today, it's pretty much empty. Hmm. And when I tell you empty, I'm like, maybe it's rented 25, 50%. From 100%, you know, 90% to now 25 to 50%, how are you collecting mortgage payments now? You're not. And this is in a market that's attracting businesses, meaning we're not talking about San Francisco right here, this building right here. Wow. 193,000 square foot building, okay? We're not talking about a, you know, San Francisco or Chicago or New York or any of those markets. Cream of the crop, Florida, that people are moving to empty buildings, class A, beautiful buildings, sitting empty. On the complete opposite side, industrial buildings where people can do like shipping, like yeah. you know what Amazon does, and some of these other. No, those are jam packed. Those Products good luck getting out. space. Yeah. No, no, they're not having a hard time selling. Industrial buildings, they don't have a hard time selling. They don't have a hard time. You know, they have a hard time buying. Oh wow! They can't find enough of that. Got you, Tom. And and by the way, let's paint. Let's draw. Let's draw a line. So those industrial buildings that are being turned into wholesale distribution centers, who are they being turned into? For Walmart and for Target and, ladies and gentlemen, and Amazon, because they're still delivering stuff to your home. And in certain blue cities, are you paying attention? Your Target just closed. That doesn't mean Target doesn't want to sell you stuff. It means they couldn't afford to have the public retail open. And so now they've got distribution stuff because they still want to deliver to you. They still want to sell you stuff at Target. They're just not going to have smash and grabs and have um, employees at risk. So they need commercial warehouse space and they're competing with Walmart and competing with Amazon to go find it. So that that is a very rich market where they're actually competing and bidding each other up. And so Pat, that, that, um, who was it? Jamie Diamond said it. Where the, you know your kids, are, your grandkids are going to live to be hundred years cancer. old. But and then he said you're going to work three and a half uh, days, days days a week. Now is that because they want you to work from home, or is it because the AIs are going to be taking your jobs? And guess what? They're like, listen, we don't want to get rid of you completely, but just you'll be there a little bit because robots are basically going to take. You I home. mean, just think about it's it. It's crazy. Right? I, I think I'm one of the only guys in my 40s that still reads a physical newspaper. Yeah. Guy. You know, I actually like reading a physical newspaper. Yes. When's the last time you saw somebody reading a physical you're the, newspaper? You're like, literally, the, I, I read it sometimes just for nostalgia, just yeah. to, I want to hold yeah, it. Yeah, but, but the point is, like, newspapers are done. There yeah. used to be a time newspapers were it. Radio is done. Podcast is killing it, right? Cable TV is about to be destroyed. Yeah. It may take five to ten years, but they're going to get crushed, Good. right? Maybe, just maybe, the next thing that's going to get destroyed maybe commercial real estate in a big way. Wow. It may get crushed in a big way if they're going this direction. Because what will happen is if you can have AI doing a lot of the work, if you can have AI doing a lot of the work, why do I need a big fancy building to be in? Mm-hmm. I don't. Most industries are not going to need it. Some will. Most industries are not going to need it. So th- they're going to experience they, their disruption. They used to say there was the death of the modern American mall, right? Like, yeah. why the hell do we need all this space, Gun. retail shopping? Yeah. But what that forced malls to do... Uh, was get creative. All right, so maybe what are we going to do with all this space? All right, so rather than having retail uh, shops galore, let's set up an amusement park. Let's put a roller skating rink in there. Yeah. When you have all this massive amount of property and there's segments of the market like retail, you just, why do you need to go shopping necessarily? You can just go yeah. online. Um, it just forces you to get more creative. And Tom, you might know this, but the death of the mall, was that premature? I don't know how many malls actually closed down 
Uh, do you know that number? No, I don't know the number, but I know Westfield took it in the chops. They're a large yeah. operator of, of malls. And you look at what happened in San Francisco. Uh, you see these horrible pictures on Twitter. It looks like some dystopian future, you know, weird space thing where the mall is completely desolate and homeless people have, have moved in there. So the, the malls, you know, you've got malls that are still out there operating, but the typical mall has, has taken a bath. And I'll, I'll tell you something else <clears throat> uh, from the venture side of it. So I'm not going to name any companies, but there is a gold dress of companies out there that take your cell phone and mm -hmm. You know, your friend or your spouse, just uh, you, you, you wear your underwear and you take pictures of the front, back and side of you. And they give you like a 90 percent accuracy of fit of clothing because clothing fit and clothing return was one of the first big challenges of e-commerce. You buy a shirt. This isn't a medium. This is too tight, you know, and you couldn't tell. Well, now you have all these tools that are out there that are that are going to take away what many people think is the last frontier of the mall, the ability to look at and um uh, and 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 shop for clothing mm -hmm. that it's going away. You'll be able to see yourself in the clothing, size yourself in the clothing, and that the death of the mall is 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 coming quickly on a generalized state. Now they're in Newport Beach, California. There's a mall there, Fascist Island, and it's uh, it's still there. Yeah. You know, there's high dollar communities that still have their malls, but malls are. Have you been in yeah. the mall lately, Tom? They're there. It's well, sad. In this, there. this is sort of my point here. This is sort of what I was studying. The decline of the American mall has left just 700 still standing. Wow. Soon there may be 150 left. This is in 2022. If you scroll down a little bit, Rob, um, there are just 150 malls left in the United States in 10 years, according to one industry watcher. That's his speculation. There are currently around 700 malls in the U.S., down from 2,500 in the 80s. Malls have suffered as an online sales boom. So here's my hypothesis this is just you know i not, love those. Not, not a commercial mall expert yeah the need for malls was a need for shopping that's where you would go yeah. get your stuff your merchandise your clothes you just do some general stuff the thanks buddy um so that might obviously decrease with the boom of you know online shopping okay. yeah but what we've realized has not decreased is the need for hanging out in public yeah, no shit. and the need to be around people and the need to go out and the need to socialize and the, the quite frankly, they just need to be around people and malls represent that they've always represented yeah. that. So you might not be going to the mall anymore to go shopping and do your typical thing, but there might be, that sounds like I great. That sounds but those people are paying the rent, right? That sounds great <laughs> and all, yeah. but these guys are not running a nonprofit organization. Yeah. You're going to have to spend money. No, but yeah. my point is that's why they're going to get creative instead of having retail outlets. Like there's some malls that are opening up amusement parks or they're opening up big movie theater type situations or mm -hmm. things that co people will congregate. They got to get really creative though. That's I mean, my point. They got to get really, really creative. We could dive into this deep and I know Pat's got other stories here, but I'm going to give you two quick points if I could, Pat, real quick. You're going to see innovation of venture capital out there. Think of these guys. This is one of many companies that's doing this. They convert vacant office buildings into housing, um, into 900 square foot apartments, mini apartments and things like this. They do that, number one. And then number two, you're seeing things such as, um, it was on my case study, I'm not pimping for the, the company, Pat, but you're going to see many companies like Free Range Concepts in Dallas, which is this guy that owns three different restaurants. One is called The Rustic that actually has a music and open air area, 
behind the restaurant to your exact point. I don't just go to the restaurant. I want to hit with, sit with my friends. And the malls are not going to operate a nonprofit for you to sit around the food court at the mall and chat for each other. But restaurants are doing that. He also has a, a restaurant that's almost like a Chili's, but it caters to people with dogs. And there's this big area in the center where you can actually walk your dog. So what's happening is the need for community is being met in other ways by entrepreneurs because you're exactly right. Where do we go to hang out together? Hey, there's my friend from high school. He was walking the other way in the mall and he just bought a pair of jeans yeah. and I would see him and talk to him. And that need in, in, in our humanness is still there, but it's not going to be at, at the malls. And I see things happening with um, innovative restaurant concepts and other things to meet the human need. Because Tom, have you ever been to the Mall of Americas in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Oh no, I've never I've okay. never been there, but it was like the uh, people people would say, if God had a mall in heaven, it yeah, would look like this. It. And that's my point, Rob. I don't know if you can find some images. It's like this, a half is sort a of mile? The, this is the big I think the biggest mall in the country, maybe the world. It's but ridiculous. you go there and what they've done is they've innovated. Look so at that. this is what's going on in the mall. You yeah. go to a full on amusement parks in the mall. So for yeah, maybe you're not, not going preferred. to Abercrombie and Fitch over here, but you're going to their version of Disneyland in your local mall. And that's kind of what I'm saying. You got to get creative. Maybe you don't go to Dave and Buster's anymore. You go to the mall or something like that. Well, Dave, that, yeah, yeah. I, you make a point. But again, this is there, there's only one, uh, uh, um, you know, the Malls mall of, of America. America. Yeah, right. there's only one of that. It's a very big investment for them to make. Some of them, it depends on the market you're in. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? But the business model is going away. So the business model of commercial real estate may be going away unless if companies find ways to get people. Like for me, mm -hmm. I'm always going to be an in-office guy. I'm, I, 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 I'm always going to be that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm running companies. We, I think culture people got to be around each other, right, to do that. But Amen. we have the predictive, you know, AI guys that are typically quiet guys that want to be by themselves. They don't have to be in a building. Yep. They actually don't want to be around a lot of other people sometimes. They have a different wiring on where they want to be. To that world, things are going to change a lot. So this commercial real estate deal on what direction it's going to go the next 6, 12, 18 months, it may be as permanent as newspapers. Just maybe. Maybe. We don't know yet. It just maybe. But let's go to the next story. So check this out. Bad policies have consequences. How bad? To the point where Starbucks closed down seven of them in downtown San Francisco due to bad policies. Let me read this to you. This is a Fox Business story. Uh, Starbucks is closing seven downtown uh, San Francisco stores, including locations at Mission and Maine, Geary, and Taylor pickups only, Fort and Market, Bush and Van Ness, with closures effective October 22nd. Starbucks Regional Vice President for Northern California, Jessica Borton, explained there are several factors Starbucks considered before uh, when uh, tasked with the tough decision of closing a store, but it is all part of ensuring a healthy store portfolio. Employees at the stores marked for uh, closure will be offered transfer opportunities to nearby locations. Borton shirt transfer opportunities are available and will be offered to each impacted partner. We remain committed to continuing dialogue and support. Okay, so seven Starbucks in San Francisco. That's a lot, Pat. That's a lot. That's a lot of, from, for, for downtown. That's, that is insane. And you're not just talking about anywhere. You're talking about in San Fran that's a business hub, yeah. that there's executives running around, that they want to have their coffee in the morning. You know, They may want to get a coffee at lunch. Shutting down seven of them. Tom, go for it. Those are not the slum areas. And, you know, Vinny, they need to call their congressman. Yep. But or you know woman. What, or but woman. You, oh, yeah. But you know what sucks, Tom? She just had to vacate. She had to shut down 
her office. Oh, so she got a, evicted? Yeah, so there's a lot of San oh Francisco evictions going on. Who, yeah, Pelosi? Not, Pelosi's gone. She's gone. So you know what You know what her attitude Does was? Does she have too? anything to do with the policies that it, ended it? Yeah, it's really, really weird, but oh. nobody brings it up. But you know what she said? This eviction is a sharp departure from tradition. But what do you think about it, Tom? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's pretty freaking ironic that the princess of bad policy yeah. is actually the same week it's evicted from her office for other reasons. But, hey, look. Vinny, what have we been seeing in terms of a business's clothing and like Macy's closing and, and, and Nordstrom's yeah, closing? Yeah, and, and a lot of and, a lot and of the mall, the, the the flagship mall that was down there, and yeah. a Moscone with, with Center, like the anchor well, stores well, they call well, them, anchor right? stores. And, and it's a, and, and and I think this is where you're going with all the crime and everything. Where when the, the bad policies are newsome to everybody, that they go, hey, listen, you could go in there and you could steal, but if it's under a thousand, you're good. What, that's inviting people to come in to destroy mm-hmm. the business, to shut it down, Pat, so that only pe- places like um, Amazon and all these all these places thrive. I, I, it's not it's not an accidental thing. I think they're doing it on purpose because once think about it, Pat. I just saw a thing where seven on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, All Saints, all these huge stores are shutting down because people don't want to do that business anymore. Smash and grabs, smash and grabs, and they're saying, by the way, if, uh, why are we even? Well, by the way, this holiday season, if you have a girlfriend, why the hell would you go and buy her a thousand dollar anything? Put on a mask. Go inside of a wall. <laughs> no, I'm dead. Pat, I'm being dead serious. You're not gonna go to jail. Why? Why? Like, baby, what do you want? Okay, put on the mask and go break it. That's what I would do. That's how much I love you, baby. I love- <laughs> I'm, w- I'm willing to not yeah. go to jail for you. Yeah, but can you imagine that, just, though? Baby, that's me. Right? She's like, you know, that's not just, you. I'm like, look, look, look at, at my me. traps. Look Those are my, my yeah, traps. Look at my but back. Feel it. You know who this is on, though. Who? It's this on- is on. Your favorite word, Vinny. Gavin? The constituents. The constituents. Listen, yeah. if this is what you want, you want more of this. If you're in San Francisco, this is. Pat, what do you say? This is what Decisions and actions have consequences. It's just mm-hmm. which ones you're going to get. But, but here's my question to you guys. Why? We, remember you always say follow the money at them? Why are they letting this happen? Because this isn't just accident. Because when you ask them, they act like it's not a problem. It's not a problem, Pat. Why? 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 I'm just curious. The best, again, the best part about, say, say you know, your ex says you will never turn into anything. You're a loser. Yeah. You'll never be anything without me. Yeah. Okay. Guess what? We're gonna find out in ten years whether she's right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you're 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 working at a place. You guys will never make it without me. This company lost a great employee without me. Da, da, da. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Ten years. We're gonna tell. These are the best policies. How mm. dare you? You know, come to our city. We welcome <laughs> you, New York. Yeah. We welcome. Door wide open. We will treat you. Doors are wide open. We have hotels. We have locations. <laughs> we have to make it very clear that you can no longer yeah. come to. New York City because we are done. Don't we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Bad policies. It takes. By the way, did you see what happened with Chicago? What? So Chicago. Did you see the protesting the the folks in Chicago had over this gym? Type Chicago gym. Okay. Uh, uh, just type in Chicago gym and look what's going on over there. The, the protesting going on in the gym. Okay, right there. If you can turn that on. So they want to use this gym in Chicago. You can press play so people can for see. For migrants? Yeah, for migrants. And locals are saying, dude, what are you talking about? This is ours. You work for us. This is Chicago. You can pause it. This is a hardcore liberal city that's sitting there saying, why are you turning our gym for our kids for, for migrants? But by the way, everybody's in that audience, too. If those of you that are listening to the podcast on audio, that audience is very diverse. Everybody's in that room. This yeah, isn't one I love part. It. Here's, Good. here's the problem, though. 90% of them voted for exactly what they're getting. And, and, they'll, and guess what? And so they'll, they'll vote for again. them again. Yeah, they'll, they'll vote for them again. So, so you can scream all you want. Yeah. 
and vote any differently, you're going to get the same exact thing you're going to get. So the best part about time and bad policies is time will reveal everything. We're in Florida because this guy's policies were great policies. DeSantis had phenomenal policies during COVID. People left California and Chicago and New York because of bad policies. Mm -hmm. But it took time to know whose policies were good or bad. The only thing I'll add to this is what issue concerns you the most as a voter, right? So a lot of people are single-issue voters or they pay attention to more personality than policies. I would argue that most people aren't really tracking the, the the policies of certain people. They're just like, ah, they look on the screen, ah, you know, most people, 40%, 42%, 45%, just see an R or see a D, and they just go in that way, boom. Most people aren't sort of diving into the policies. What's my point? You know, James Carville one, under Clinton said, what's the biggest issue for voters? Well, it's the economy, stupid. Hey, stupid. So for most people, it is your paycheck. But for other people, you know, it's health care or it's abortion. Or it's minimum wage, like in San Francisco, the fight for 15. Now they want to raise it to 20, whatever it is. So maybe that's your biggest issue, right? Or maybe it's immigration at some point. But what I would recommend for most people, if you are open-minded, is really take the the congressperson or who you're voting for at face value, delve into their specific policies and not just what you typically vote for, sort of see what Times have changed. We talk about disruption. We talk about the mall. Yeah. We talk about crypto. We talk about AI. Things have changed yeah. so astronomically fast that maybe what you were politically a few years ago, who you voted for a few years ago, isn't exactly where you're at today. And like you take that look at the people in Chicago, they're basically like enough's enough, and maybe those are the people that will change this vote. But 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 going off what Pat said, and Pat, and we both we we agreed on it's like all this, Adam, all this disaster, all this mm-hmm. chaos. They're still going to vote for the same people in the same party. And it's almost like, what's that syndrome, Tom, where the... Uh, Masochist. Like the, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. The where when you're kidnapped, yeah. you start yeah. to actually like your kidnappers as long as they're uh, not abusing uh, you. <laughs> the de- Democrat... Yeah. I mean, just... I'm sorry. It's not that it's a Democrat-Republican thing. People like that have... Americans have Stockholm syndrome when it comes to the people because they're like, listen, they're abusing me. They're shitting all over me, but I can't, but I can't th- give up on these people. You're absolutely Bullshit. right. This is why Pat... Uh, was I think so correct is that he thinks that bluer cities or specific bluer states are going to get bluer and redder cities and redder states are going to get redder because you know your vibe attracts your tribe you know they say yeah. so some people are like yeah we we want immigration for everywhere we want minimum wage for everyone we want that and then some people are like dude like how many people you meet dude I left California because right. of, it was ridiculous the prices the gas Gavin Newsom oh, so you know what this some people said I'm voting for that guy again no shit yeah. so check this out His watch hair. this. Watch this here. G- this is a Hill story. GOP holds biggest lead on economy since 1991. Mm. This is Gallup. Oh, damn. GOP holds biggest lead. Rob, can you pull up this uh, story here? GOP holds 11. biggest lead on 11. economy what page? since 11. 1991. Gallup. According to Gallup poll, 53% respondents trust the Republican Party more to ensure country's prosperity in the coming years compared to 39%. Look look at the chart right there, by the way. Oh, dang. This is the highest ever. Rob, go a little bit higher so we can see the timeline on the bottom. Go a little higher. Uh, that's, okay, right there. No difference. So check this out right there. Look at that. 1990s. Look how high the blue was and how low the red was. Oh, my God. Okay, is that the 60s? Okay, 56. Look how high the blue is versus red. So then red has come up, and look where blue's at now. People are like, we're sorry, man. The blue economic policy is just not. This is this gap mm-hmm. 
The 14-point advantage is the widest gap on, a, on uh, the question since mid-1991. It almost is up from 10-point gap from last year is where it's at when you look at this number. Wow. The survey revealed that 57% of those, po- uh, those polled trusts Republicans more to protect their country from international terrorism and military threats, in contrast to 35% who trust Democrats. This tr- uh, trust gap is one of the largest since question was introduced in 2002. Despite these leads, both parties still face public dissatisfaction with 56% viewing the GOP unfavorably and 58% viewing the Democrats unfavorably. Additionally, 44% believe the Republican Party is better equipped to handle problems as they rise, while only 36% feel the same about the Democrats. Yeah. Party. Again, this is the Gallup poll. Yeah. Gallup is not left, right, middle. It's, it's right. Gallup. Gallup. Wow. Yes. They're, they're pretty credible. That little and jump, the, that the little purple ju- line that was on there at the bottom. People that don't give up. two shits. <laughs> the pe- no, no. The people that have no opinion <laughs> has dropped to nothing, which means everybody has an opinion. Yeah. And they're all in. As uh, as we've gone from 2020 to 2023, yeah. and things have gotten a little tougher, everybody's in with yeah. a firm that, opinion. That, which they jump, should. And that jump right there looks like so the Nikki know, Haley jump over DeSantis. Have an opinion. Go vote. Well, this was sort of the point that I was making, that it's, as Pat says, it's woken up the people that you don't want to wake up. Listen, I'm just going through life. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to this care. kind of stuff. You're like, hold on, what? What's going on? But kind of, look, I don't want to rock the boat here. Kind of exactly what we talked about with Ann Coulter yesterday. Yeah. By all metrics, Republicans are up big. Put Trump aside, right? Because that's a whole anomaly, whether you yeah. like him, hate him, you know, all that. Put Trump aside. Just the Republican brand seems a lot more sane than the Democratic brand these days, as you can see in the results. By all metrics, especially in the economy, if you just put a blank name, blank face, Republicans are up in national polls. But Republicans are like, hold my beer. Yeah. Let's see, let's kick out the uh, uh, House Majority Leader. Let's cause chaos. We saw what Steve Bannon said yesterday. Be as crazy as yeah. possible. So that's kind of my point, is that Republicans, you know, the, what I will say, Democratic policy typically not as, let's just say, uh, good. But their marketing is way better than the Republican. There's no oh, question about that. Yep. There's yep. no question about that. And, and, yep. and basically, we, we were just talking about, about this crisis with, with immigration. But you can connect the dots really, really fast. All those immigrants were supposed to stay in red states like Texas and Arizona and Florida and turn them purple, then blue over time. Mm-hmm. Except the federal government put a lot of those people on buses to those blue cities. And so you get what you vote for, and which leads to people on this chart so let me, saying, let me, let me, I got... Feelings. Let me say this. I, did he say I got feelings? <laughs> he got feelings. No, I've got a feeling. Okay, so That's so not Tom, 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 I got, got, got this little so, got this little tinge yeah, coming up my so, leg. <laughs> so uh, uh, you know you know what this Chris does Matthews. say though. Here's a, here's a part that you got to think about. Common sense prevails. Time prevails. Unfortunately, sometimes. People take way too long to get it. I, that's the okay? problem. People take way when somebody says there's nothing wrong with an eight, nine, ten, eleven year old. You know, when these people are saying it's okay for them to transition. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. You, like the common sense person sits there and says, "What the? What, what are you talking about?" Yeah. But the people that are like, "Well, maybe they're right." Yeah. Who are they? Yeah, and then those guys, ten years later, twenty years later, say, "Shit, that was oh a terrible God. idea." Yeah. But. Common sense eventually prevails. It does. Sometimes it's at a cost of a great country. I want to go to another story here with Trevor Bauer. Mm. So Trevor Bauer was a Cy Young winner, 32-year-old pitcher, Cy Young winner, getting ready to get his $200 million contract that he was going to get. Incredible pitcher he is. Stud. Stud of studs. He's He's doing great stuff in baseball. And then all of a sudden, 
This guy's a little bit loud. Baseball doesn't like him. MLB doesn't like him. He talks trash. He he would call the Cy Young Award when he won. What did he call it? The Mickey the Mouse Mickey Award. The Mickey Mouse Cy Young Award. Yeah, <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Cy Young Award. Yeah. He's, and he wore Mickey Mouse shirts with Cy Young. Yeah, love he, he would he would vlog while playing for major leagues. I love that. He was a Good. vlogger, YouTuber while playing for the major leagues. For He's him. a professional poker, and I don't mean cards. <laughs> In many ways, okay. yes. Many, yeah, Trevor yeah. Bauer oh. accuser. Trevor Bauer's accuser, Lindsey Hall, opens up on text and video claims. Lindsey Hill, who accused Trevor Bauer of sexual assault, responded to Bauer's video sharing text messages and a video to support her his innocence. She explained that some of her text messages, including one that read, next victim, star pitcher for Dodgers, were sarcastic and taken out of context. She also mentioned her, that her use of the word victim was inappropriate, but I meant in a serious context. I mean, I just ruined the guy's life for two yeah. years. What's the big deal? Yeah. He'll discuss a video Bauer's shirt in which she appeared to be smiling after the alleged assault. She clarified that her emotions were complex at the time, and the video was sent to her cousin to show that Aww. everything was okay. Aww. She explained that bruises from e such incidents can take time to appear <laughs> and mentioned possessing selfies that demonstrate physical injuries. Can you play the video of Trevor Bauer, by the way? Can you just play the clip? I, I want you to actually play the clip of Bauer from the beginning. Watch this here. By the way, this guy is playing in Japan now because Major League Baseball suspended him for whatever the number of game was. Then they lowered it to 50 games. 100 what? 194 games. He lost $37 million. By the way, he didn't lose $37 million, guys. During that time, he was at his peak of his career. He was about to get a $200 million bag yeah. is what he was going to get that they took away from him. But play this clip here. Go for it. Next victim, star pitcher for This is the her Dodgers. texting. Okay. A text Lindsay Hill sent to a friend before she ever even met me. What should I steal? She asked another in reference to visiting my house for the first time. The answer, take his money. So how might that work? I'm going to his house Wednesday, she said. I already have my hooks in. Jesus. You know how I roll. Then after the first time we met, net worth is 51 mil, she said. Bitch, you better secure the bag, was the response. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but how is she gonna do that? Great Need fun. daddy to choke me out, she said. Being an absolute whore to try to get in on his 51 million. Wow. Read another text. Jesus. Demon. And then after the second time we met, former Padres pitcher Jacob Nix told her, you got to get this bag. I'll give you 50,000, Lindsay replied. Her AA sponsor asked her at one point, do you feel a tiny bit guilty? Not really, she replied. Since then, her legal team has approached me multiple times about coming to a financial settlement. But as I have done since day one, I refuse to pay her even a single cent. Good boy. Uh, in August of 2021, Lindsay Hill's claims were heard in court. And during those legal proceedings, critical information was deliberately and unlawfully concealed from me and my legal team. Uh, information like this video, which was taken by Lindsay Hill herself the morning after she claimed she was brutally attacked, emotionally traumatized, and desperate to get away from me. Uh, and now we have the metadata, so there can be no dispute. Uh, it was taken mere minutes before she left my house on the morning of May 16th, 2021. Idiot. Without my knowledge or consent, of course. Uh, in it, you can see her lying in bed next to me while I'm sleeping, smirking at the camera without a care in the world, or any marks on her face. I think it paints a pretty clear picture of what actually happened the evening of May 15th and why the video was originally concealed from us. Uh, after hearing the evidence of you can pause this here. By the way, she gets confronted mm. by. Did you see this when she's getting confronted, Rob? Do you have that video? Who she get, who? She gets confronted on a podcast, 
And a lady says, you texted this, you said this, you said that, you said this. How do you feel about it now? Well, you know, it's all being taken out of context. Uh-huh. It's not really true, and it's not really this, and it's not really that. You're, supposed, tra- you're supposed to believe all women, though, Pat. So, yeah. by the way, I mean, she's you getting, have to believe her. <clears throat> she's getting paid 500 to five grand to be on these podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. She is, she is a witness for hire right now. Mm-hmm. How do you know she's getting paid that kind of money? Because she needs money. She's freaking broke, and, the, and people get paid to be on podcasts. And by the way, she, by the way, she's good, getting paid. She's getting paid five hundred bucks. She's have, not going on a podcast for nothing. Well, she also got a three hundred thousand dollars settlement from the insurance company and oh, through her lawyers shoot. after this was cleared. But, well, which by the way, most, this is her which acting most up. Was going to her lawyers. This is her on. This is a. This is a. This is her acting up drunk at an event. Just to watch this year. Go for it. Same girl. Me too. Oh, she's an evil. Dude, look at that hate in her. Oh, she's an angry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, don't do that. Metro's coming. Well, I want to make sure nothing. Is she drinking a Bud Light? It all makes sense. She's That's drinking all a Bud you Light. Pat, oh. perfect. Forget it. She's drinking that demon juice. The <laughs> official beer of cheat of cleat chasers. She's bringing that demon juice, brother. Look, uh, you know, Shamala Anderson over here, yeah. right here now. <laughs> like this is actually. There's so Sad. many different ways we can go with this situation. You know. The height of 2017, 2018, the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein, we get it. That was actually true, right? And he was held accountable for that. So, so was someone like Bill Cosby. Les Moonbase. You know, Les Moonbase. We all know what happened. So there's men out there. They're like, what the hell is going on? Because you see what's going on out there where men, you know, they're being called gropers or certain other words or grapists just because they want to go talk to women in public. Some breaking story on TikTok, some guy just tried to approach a girl at the gym. And she's like, he's a, a, assaulting me. He's like, I just said, what's up? Yeah. But here's, on the surface, obviously men see something like this and like, this is ridiculous. But I think going deeper, who should be the most upset are actually women. Because... If you put aside these nonsensical, fabricated, manufactured stories, there actually are real stories about women that yep. deal with issues. Yep. And what happens when these women full-on lie is now it's the pendulum has swung the complete opposite way to the whole believe all women is now it's the boy who cried wolf syndrome or the girl who cried wolf syndrome. And they're like, yeah, how do we know this is true? True victims. So we've seen what's happened. Here's my point. We've seen what's happened. Well, it turns out Amber Heard was a freaking liar. And she actually has to pay $8 million to Johnny Depp for defamation. Turns out, you know, Russell Brand, we'll see what happens with him. Probably fake news type of thing. Turns out Andrew Tate, Tristan Tate, yeah, turns out these allegations, they don't really have any evidence. It turns out, I've done several of these things on my show, The Sauzecast, where they literally show a woman on a podcast. She's like a famous rapper, not Cardi B. We'll get that in a second. Who literally said her boyfriend was being mean or whatever, and she thought he was cheating. So what did she do? She called DCF on him, Department of Child and Family Services, and said that he was abusing his kids. And, done. and on camera admitted, this is actually on uh, Adam 22, I believe. Uh, they took the kid? She yeah. said, I full-on lied, and I got him back. Sorry about that. I'm yelling. <laughs> But I'm passionate. A little bit. You're passionate. But what's my point is that accountability needs to be to happen for these women, for all the the guys that did wrong stuff. You're talking about the Harvey Weinstein of the world, the Bill Cosby world. Where's the accountability? Watch this for the video, ladies though. that have watch lied. this video. Just play this short clip. It's a, it's a longer interview, but just watch this 15 second clip. 
That's a great question. It's a really, really valid question. I think that's a really good question. How I phrased it. I I think it's a super valid question. Everything you're asking me is a super valid question. I agree. That's why I'm asking. (laughs) Again, super valid. Um, You know what? That's something my lawyers would have to answer. (laughs) By the way, it's embarrassing. Everything she asks, she's like, so why would you text them this? You know you were doing this. You were trying to get the money. Do you realize what you did to him? Oh, it's a valid question. It's a valid question. It's a super it's valid such question. Such a good question. So, so, the, so, so the point out with Trevor Bowers is this. Okay, sounds good. Trevor Bowers right. Okay, cool. Now, he's in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's big in Japan right now. Okay? They love him. He's the tallest, he's guy. He's the tallest guy there. Yeah, he's a novelty. The, the he's yeah, they, love, they love him in Japan. He's a foreign player over there. They love him in Japan, but tell me the greatest Japanese hitter of all time and how many hits and home runs does he have? Suzuki? Saderhuber? Oh. Okay. Yeah, of course Tom knows it. Is that who it is? Yeah. What about the guy? Uh, Rob, help me out here. Yeah, no, no, well, Rob's Jap- not going to help they, you out. The it? point no, is, yeah, can you, you, you barely what's the most yeah. home runs someone hit in, in uh, Japanese I league? I think O O H almost got to Babe Ruth. How many home runs did he hit? But how many home runs did Roger Maris hit here? Uh, Sixty-one for his record. Season. How many did Babe hit in a season? Seven fourteen. Yeah. No season was seven fourteen career. What's the most Barry Bonds hit? Seventy-four, I believe. What did Barry Bonds and uh, uh, what did Mark, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa do? It was a race yeah, to 70. 70 and sixty-six. I see right? where you're going here, Pat. Nobody knows what about Japanese. What the hell baseball. do you know <laughs> about Japanese? Yeah. This guy's an American yeah. guy. He wants a legacy in America, not yeah. in Japan. Yeah. Yep. So this guy wants that here. So now, Dodgers, are you gonna? You know, tweet out an apology. Yep. Right. MLB, are you going to put an apology for what you did to this guy? Are you going to do that? Nope. Because this whole concept, you know, half my frustration yesterday was, you, you, you know, when we're having this conversation with this guy about Trevor Bauer, is this this notion of guilty until proven innocent. You yep. destroyed the guy's life. Yep. How about innocent until proven guilty? You this you suspended the guy based on allegations the girl made that were wrong. Right. And now what? His life impact and the, great point. His legacy, his name, because yeah. I don't care because we talked about this the other day, Pat, on usual suspects. The average person like this, they're not doing the research that you're doing. Right now, the average person that sees him and they see his name, you know what they're gonna say? Rapist, abuser, beater guy. That's what that's they it. It's permanent. For the, for the rest of his life, that's right. how much do you think he's gonna sue, Pat? Because he's gonna go after everybody. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, even if he does. I mean, this this is this is this is part of the problem. Who's the screw you're talking about? Well, is this the yeah. screw you're well, talking there's about? There's nothing worse in this world than being wrongfully accused of something you didn't do. So Trevor Bauer, I feel for you, brother. I mean, are you kidding me with this? Especially after the fact, what's going on here? Like, you see these things going on where, you know, breaking news, man released from prison after being wrongfully accused 40 years. <laughs> for 28 years, <laughs> yeah. and they give him a check for $1.2 million. Well, here's this girl that I'm talking about. So there's a guy at the end of the story who had his kids taken away. But let's not worry about that. Let's what are we gonna do with her? Are we throwing her in jail? But she actively full on full lied. Watch this podcast. She is in no danger of ever writing a Nobel this Prize accepted speech. This one. She's look at this. <laughs> I call I call child services on my ex. Demon because he pissed me off. And then I was like, Yeah, I'm done with this person, whatever. Like, you know, cheater, fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Lies about dumb shit. Look in the mirror. Dad, kids, I called child services mm-hmm. on his ass and Got him. I like yeah. fabricated everything and like look, look censored look, things. Look, look, and look. they like went to the door and like there was a whole process. Like, I don't even know if the children's aid worker still visits them, but she probably does because of what I said, like the way I AI'd that shit, you know, like real AI shit, like fake bruises type mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> By the way, if you go to, if you go to hell, <laughs> she's an administration. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. the guy interviewing her won't even be seen show on camera, face. but she'll show anything. But ladies, Stupid this is ass. my point. Dummy. Is like, why do should women? Why should men actually have respect for women who are willing to do this? Like we've see, we all we we've seen Cardi B come out and say yes. I drug before them. I was a famous rapper. I was a full on stripper. I would go to guys' house, drug them, steal their shit, jack them. If a guy did that, he would be held what accountable. Yep. What? Women can just go on podcasts, admit to getting guys' kids taken away from them, yeah. and joke about it. I, I add that shit. Yeah. Where's the accountability? And, and Pat, there? You know, and by the way, means, too, anybody of that started to cut you off, Tom. Anybody. Any rich, successful, famous men, mm -hmm. this is a lesson to be learned. You cannot be hooking up one night stands. Rob, Rob, you talked about this too, right? What did you yeah. say about the sexual experience she wanted? The hair, it was insane, yeah. right? Well, the text message. I need she, daddy she to saying, choke was, me out. Yeah, she was saying, I want all the pain. Daddy needs to choke me out. Her I mean, they're very, very... The, Not explicit, your favor, but Pat, my point, my point being, Pat, if you're if you're um, um, like Pat, if you were single and you had no kids and you're out there, and you, by the way, he's out there, he's doing this thing. You not only have to have contracts, you have to have a yeah. camera, you have to have, hey, what's your, Sarah, we're hooking up, right? It's cool if I pull your hair and choke you up. Yeah. It's to that point. So I'm not blaming him, but at the same token, you're this guy, you're in the public eye. The demons are out looking yeah. for you in these moments. The only thing I'm happy about about this story is, though, Tom, you think she, that chick will ever bang a guy with money? She's going to be banging dudes from Walmart Let me tell left you, and right. Unfortunately, I think you're wrong. Because I think that a girl who's hot enough will find some she's chump. Not, she's not that hot. She's I'm not just, that hot. Whether it's her she's or Walmart that, hot. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, you'd see her at they, Walmart. There's a blueprint and there's a game plan for these yeah. types of girls. Mm -hmm. And if they're not held accountable... We'll see what happens. I've been around guys, big time dudes. They literally make girls sign NDAs before they even walk in the house. Hell yeah! Literally, before you walk into this house party, sign this form right here. I agree that nothing. Blah, blah, blah. Pat, you've done a whole video where guys have to be like, "So hey, what's up? Me and Mary right here. We about to do our hundred percent, right, Mary. Yeah, that sucks, but but if you're that dude, a Trevor Bauer has two hundred million dollars on the line. Yeah, you, you know. Using a sports reference, you can play offense. You got to play some defense. You got to have. Well, we could, we could go on this for a long time this morning because there's three three topics here I'm going to bring up really really fast. The first, the first is we're living in a, in a world where we have the politicization of of basically the criminal justice system. And the Pasadena Police Department. I'm going to stay away from everything we're talking about here to my second point. The Pasadena Police Department sat on this stuff. When Trevor Bauer said metadata, he was talking about text messages that the Pasadena Police Department got because they gave a subpoena to AT&T and Verizon, and they got the real text messages. Your phone, erase it from your phone. It's in the servers at the, uh, that the, the, cell, the wireless carrier, your mobile provider. They had all of it, and they sat on it. And do you remember how long the Pasadena Police Department sat on it and didn't file charges? did not file charges. They never filed a criminal charge against this guy, and they dropped it. They were waiting for it to come out of the news. They were feeling pressure that if they went out and basically said, there's nothing to see here, we're not going to prosecute, that the, the political machine was going to come down on the DA, and the DA, the prosecutor in Pasadena, was scared squatless to say, you know, nothing to see here, because they had the video and they had all this stuff. And by the way So we're living in a political realm. And the second is, let me tell you, you know, when you live in a hookup culture, there's consequences. Every college in America is doing orientation for their male athletes, and there's a phrase that's on those, because I've seen some of the PowerPoints. It's called cleat 
chasers. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, you're going to find some girls that are perfectly good How is that girlfriends. Word spelled? How's cleat. that? Cleat. Cleat. Like cleats. Oh, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. God, that we thought you were getting freaky. Yeah. They're also called jersey jumpers, and they're yep. also called... Yeah. Uh, and they use phrases that, that are not sexist, but they're saying, hey, what we're talking about here, then it's not an anti-woman word. It's just a description of people that want to chase you around and be with you and be part of the party. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of that, there may be girlfriends, but there may be some very bad actors that are in the middle of the crowd there it's hey i'm a big athlete i got all this stuff going on i'm living in a hookup culture here at university of whatever and you've got the university now that's warning these guys hey you know what you need to be careful about this because we will cut you we will drop you and it's about to get worse on campus my third point because of nil name image likeness you now have college kids that are going to have real money in their pocket Uh and it's about to come down a level to less mature men who are going to get attacked like Trevor Bauer did mm-hmm. because you're going to be a college player with a $2 million contract. So, well, and that's a and by the way, my go? last point so we can go on because Pat's got the next topic. Yeah. What did they tell you in the military when you went out not clubbing, not going to New York because you had military you dollars? 15 will get, Say it again. 15 will get you 20. And always have who with you? Always have a buddy. A ranger buddy. Yeah. A witness. What was Rob? You were about to say something? Just real quick. The timeline of this, Pat, not, and and Tom brought it up. The Pasadena Police Department declined to press charges against uh, Trevor Bauer. The Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office also declined to press charges against him. The judge who issued the restraining order lifted the restraining order, citing that he honored the woman's uh, wishes in regards to rough sex. He didn't go past the boundaries. And despite all of that, Major League Baseball still decided to suspend him for 300 and... Yeah. 24 games. Dude, well, and, and it's the called the thing, foot-dragging uh, suspension. Adam, the biggest uh, suspension in Major League Baseball history because they dragged their feet. And, and you, know what's, you know what's scary? The, the, thank God this guy has money. Could you imagine the guys that are out there, Pat, that And Johnny Depp had money. Yeah, imagine. But yeah, but think about the average guy that's just like, I got freaky. What, she wanted no, me? No. Jail. For 20 yeah. years. You're my, finished. My last well, point if you, is If the, you read Musk's book. Yeah. If you um, that's read my Musk's next book. book. Brother. First of all, whatever guys, do whatever you can. Go read his I'm doing it. book, Walter Isaac. Second wife was crazy train. Yeah. If you read his book, you'll see what Kimball talks about Amber Heard, Kimball's his brother, yeah. what his family says about Amber Heard. You're going to learn okay. more about Amber Heard in this book. Oh, great. Then the documentary? Then, oh, because okay. th- it's going to be on the inside, what his insiders thought of her. Got That's you. what you have to read. Go okay. for it. Let's wrap it up, guys. 30 seconds on this topic. Here's my last on. point. Just how Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby are the poster child, the face of men who do this to women, right? Because that is a real thing. Proven guilty, those guys. Right. Proven guilty. Uh, Women who do this, whether it's Cardi B, whether it's Amber Heard to a certain extent, they need to be the poster child, the face, and held accountable for what they've done wrong to men. Let so maybe, 10 of them go to jail for 20 years. That's my yeah, point. Yeah. Good. Like, women need to learn a lesson. You lie about this kind of stuff. You get some dude's kids taken away. That's you right. lie about getting choked out yep. and abused, but it turns out you were into it just to steal $50 That's million. Right. Dollars. When they go to jail, when this girl, whatever her freaking name is, Lindsay Hill, goes to jail, then women will be like, oh, shit, you know that playbook? Yeah, maybe let's not use that this time. And especially right now, you got proof. Everything can be sh- shown and traced right now. Mm-hmm. You can't BS today. People are going to see the text messages, the WhatsApp, all of that stuff. Let's go to the next story. Next one, story. One, one final, final comment. Tom, no, I'm not doing it, Tom. We're going to go to the next story because everybody's giving their last comment 15 times. <laughs> next story. All right. So next story we want to get to is do we want to do water crisis or adults shouting at children? Let's do adults yeah. shouting at children. Okay. So check this out, folks. You're going to lose your mind and... 
you're actually going to go zero to angry in less than one minute. Ready? Mm -hmm. So check this out. CNN, pull up the story. Adults shouting at children can be as harmful to a child's development as sexual abuse. Let, 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 me, let me read this to you one more time, folks. Please just hear me out. CNN story written by Icy Ronald, Tuesday the 3rd of October, 2023 at 5.06 p.m. Adults shouting at children can be as harmful to a child's development as sexual abuse. Or physical, or physical abuse. abuse. A new study published in Child and Abuse Neglect Studies shows that adults shouting, denigrating, or verbally threatening children can be as damaging to their development as physical or child, uh, sexual abuse. The study, which viewed reviewed earlier, studied calls for childhood verbal abuse to be recognized as distinct category of maltreatment to facilitate <laughs> prevention efforts. <laughs> Childhood verbal abuse classified as subtype of emotional abuse can have lifelong negative consequences, including mental distress, externalizing symptoms like criminal behavior or substance abuse, and physical health issues such as obesity or lung cancer. The study underscores the importance of acknowledging and addressing the impact of verbal abuse on children. Not, not single mother, you know, no father in the household. Not, 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 not teaching LGBTQ in school. Not that stuff. No, that's totally fine. It doesn't at all mess with the kids at all. God forbid a mother raises her voice on kids. It could be as worse, more harmful than sexual abuse. Tom, as a parent, how do you read this story as a parent? What, what do you think about this nonsense here? You know what? Here's what I think about it. It's ludicrous. Your child walks across the kitchen and you go, don't touch that hot stove. And your wife says to you, great. Now he's gay. <laughs> She's like, what are you going It's ah, like, sod I mean, yeah. I, I, th I, think it, I think it's horrifying. Now, you may, I've raised my voice to my girls. Absolutely have raised my voice. Usually when they were, you know, giving an argument and, you know, thought maybe they could tell me something four times in a row, seeing if I'll finally believe it's true. You know, every parent has that. And I've raised my voice. Stop. We're not doing that. Sit down. We're having a talk here. And so, but it's not yelling. I think there's a, 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 on the concept of yelling, there's a difference between yelling and belittling and just destroying your kid's mm -hmm. self-confidence and then being a parent and raising up the volume that says, look, this is serious. You're not going to lie to me because if you're lying to me here, you're going to be lying to your school teacher. School teachers after school, there's a slippery slope here. And we're going to talk about integrity and telling the truth and being honest. That's not yelling. That is correction. That is processing with your kids. But there is there is like drunk parent yelling and belittling. But does it lead to being as damaging as, you know, you know, Father Felicio was a was basically abusing yeah. you for 10 years yeah. at the local well, parish? I don't think so. I'll add this, man. Uh, there's levels to this. OK, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I think we can all agree. Sexual abuse. Zero. Period. Zero tolerance for that for whatsoever. It. It's like how are you even comparing it to physical or verbal. or verbal? Uh, verbal is absolutely asinine. Okay, physical abuse. There's levels to that. Like I, you know, I've been open on this. I had a very rough relationship with my father. Like he was very quick to take the belt out. Put it that way. Yeah. But sometimes a kid does need a little, little. Uh, what do you call it? A little pow pow. A little pow -pow. something something. A little pow pow. I get it. There's levels to that too. There's full on. Abuse of a kid, but then there's like, all right, like I used to get my mouth wash out with soap. Didn't really work because I'm still out here cursing on yeah. air. I like, got to work on that. But there's levels to this. When it comes to verbal abuse, I mean, there's levels to that too.
Tom hit the nail on the head where he said, look, if you're just berating someone and telling them to lose, all right. Like, you know, I don't have kids, but I, I'm very active in my nephew's life. I was a teacher. I was a camp counselor. I've been around kids. Believe me, as a teacher or as dealing with kids, you're going to raise your voice. Of course. Okay? I'm very cool. My nephew's like my best friend. I love that kid. He's 10 years old. The other day, he's riding his bike in the street. I go, get out of the fucking street. Because sometimes you have to raise your goddamn voice. <laughs> and and to, did you say and he, that? And he was like, he rape! Got, he got, you raped me! He got so shook because yeah. I don't talk I to him. I feel so dirty! Yeah. <laughs> he got so shook because I yelled and I never yeah. yelled at this kid. But I had to emphasize my point. Bro, you're riding your bike way too close yeah. to the street, you freaking idiot. idiot. Get out of the street. Now, why don't I want you to do that? Because I love you and I want you to be alive. So to, to, to bring this all in. Sexual? Are you freaking kidding me, CN? It's not even comparable. This is CN. This is yeah. Like, by the way, it's pretty embarrassing to have the brand. Like if some some blog wrote this, okay, whatever. The brand. CNN is okay with this being written about. Of course it? they are. Yeah. Of course they are. And it's CNN Health, by the way. Yeah. Think of, so yeah. Just to kind of like they're yeah. so worried about your health. Think about and then Pat, ghost writing for and the you onion. Guys think right. about it, Pat. We were disciplined. And guess what? I I think you you turned out. Pretty good, you know the the, the pow pow's work. And if you think about it, if you can't discipline, <laughs> if you can't discipline, pow pow, yeah, if, pow pow. If you can't discipline the kids, then the, the kids can do whatever they want because they know that there's no consequences. Yeah. And when there's no consequences, yeah. Pat, they can do whatever they want. They yeah. can break and steal shit. They could say, you know what? I want to chop my crotch off, Dad. And mm -hmm. what are you what are you gonna do? You're gonna hit me. You're gonna say you can't say mm -hmm. none of that. And that leads Pat to like to bigger pictures and bigger problems, which we have right now with you know them pushing the agendas on the kids and the LGBTQ all the children right. stuff, which is a whole different. And if, if there's no about video machine, yeah, because I, I was just gonna say, and, and if Pat, and yeah, please, Pat, because this this goes to my point. Look at this trickle down effect, and some people be like, oh, Vinny's crazy. No, no, I'm not connecting dots. The dots are right in front of your face. Why is it, Pat, that Hollywood? Uh, all these weird Epstein people—they're always pushing the LGBTQ uh, agenda. People, nobody, nobody ever takes a step back. Why? Because they care about your kids and their their freedom and for for their their choice of. No, no, no. If you think about it, and then why when movies come out, Tom? What was the sound of? Uh, Freedom. Sound of freedom. I'm Adam, the sound of silence. The sound of freedom. And nobody in Hollywood cares. Nobody big was pushing it. What Jim Caviezel, one guy. They kind of want to keep on the hush hush because I saw. I saw a video by Dr. Umar Johnson where he's like, if you're a pedophile, he's like, if I was a pedophile, guess what I would push? The LGBTQ movement. And he said, you know why? Because if the kid's old enough at that age to change their body, who are you to say that they can't have sex? That's their argument. Rob, can you play that, play that video? It's a short video, but he really makes a really, really good point. And I want you guys to see it. Play this. This guy's no like he had no holds. He doesn't hold back any punches. He tells, he tells it exactly how it is. I am a pedophile. I don't want to go to jail. I want pedophilia to become normal. I want it stricken from the criminal code altogether. I'm going to push LGBTQ. Check it. Because if a child is old enough to decide I never want to have children, take my testicles, take my ovaries. If an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old child is old enough to make those three decisions, how can you argue that they're not old enough to decide to have sex. Bingo. Bingo. The Pat. argument of the pedophile is going to be backed up by this LGBT crusade against our children because in their sick minds, they are rationalizing the argument before the courts. 
If he's old enough to say, I don't want my testicles, if she's old enough to say, I never want to have children, if he's old enough to say, I want to live my life as a girl, if she's old enough to say, I want to live a life as a boy and I don't care about having kids and she can say this at 12, is she not also old enough to decide when she's ready to have sex? What, 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 a, what a great, simple, simple point. And that's why you see it, Pat. That's why you don't see it because it's, it's and, and, like you said, Tom, the supply supply chain they don't want you messing with this let them be they want to give them the mature mindset as a young kid bro so they could just do whatever the hell they want with them because if a kid at that age you know decision no discipline no nothing that's the type of shit that i'm talking there's lunacy in here too i'm gonna ask pat three quick questions pat tico and, and dylan out there playing baseball bang break the neighbor's front glass window at their has never happened before. But never. <laughs> very, or maybe a kicking boat. a soccer ball very and it goes right into some the really very famous bay window uh, of your neighbor's window. house. You know, your kids are under 14. Who pays for that window? Daddy. Correct. Kid goes at school, whips out the dick saw. You don't get to know about it. And then they're very, very upset. They have a fight with another child. They break three teeth out of the front. Who pays for that? Daddy. Correct. Until they're 18 years old. Yeah. So... There is, there are two big forces coming together here. Parents are told that you are financially responsible for things they do all the way up to X. Yet, all the things that they that they keep from the parents are sexually related. Yeah. All the responsibility, no one has taken away any responsibility on parents to do anything. Yeah. Every single thing, abortion, get birth control at school, you know, um, gender reassignment, cross-dressing labeled as trans, all of that is kept from the parent. It's sexualization, and you just made a great point about it. It is supply chain management, America, that is happening before your very eyes. Yep. yep. And, and when they act like it's not happening, it, yeah. But you know sure what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. God? No, look, of course. But look what happened in Chicago. Migrants should be using our gym and we should give it to another. No, you're, there's, these are my kids over migrants. Okay, exactly. Oh, oh, we agree. Yes. Hey, so, 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 yeah, what's wrong with this LGBTQ? And then your 12-year-old son comes home, mommy, I think I'm a girl. No, you're not. What are you talking about? What would you do to my school? Exactly. Yeah. Eventually, time is going to be on common sense aside. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep saying this. Eventually, everyone's going to realize these were all dumb. By the way, did you notice some of the craziest, wildest policies came out during COVID? Mm-hmm. Some of the things that created all this momentum was during COVID. By the way, check this out. Next story. World Economic uh, Forum advisor. The coming water crisis will force people to accept climate mandates, okay? Mm. Let me read it to you one more time, folks. Ah. The coming water crisis will force people to accept climate mandates. Let's see where they're going with this. Mariana Mazzucato, okay, an advisor to the World Economic Forum, believes that the impending water crisis will serve as a more relatable and urgent issue that climate change, stating water, every kid knows how important it is to have water. So there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really in some ways experimenting with the notion of common good. Mazzucato suggests that the World Economic Forum may use the water crisis, may use, may <laughs> use, the, as, it's like a prop, may use the water crisis to advance climate mandates, may use to climate mandates, saying World Economic Forum's globalists may use water, a necessary substance for human life to create panic. <laughs> 
to advance their agenda and force climate demand. By the way, this is what she, this is a quote. Let me read this quote again. Go ahead. The World Economic Forum globalists may use water, a necessary substance for human life, to create panic. Holy. Keyword, to scare the crap out of you. To advance their agenda and force climate mandates, the World Economic Forum on its official website emphasizes the impact of water-related crises on societies, particularly the poor, and calls for governance of water as global common good. Vinny. And, and, and mind you, and, and Rob has the video, Pat, so I know everybody's always like thinks that we're, we're bananas, but these people, these evil, everybody at these places that has an accent, like Klaus Schwab, I don't trust any of these people. And she actually said, and this is what she's going to say, Pat, she said, we try to vaccine, vaccinate the entire planet. That failed. Climate change is too abstract for people to understand. So basically what she's saying is, Pat, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to mess with the water because all you oh, idiots drink God. water. And this is this is evil right in your face saying Watch it. this. Go ahead. Also, of course, true with COVID, right? We are all only as healthy as our neighbor is on our street and our city and our region and our nation and globally. Did we solve that? Like, did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world? <laughs> no. Like, yeah, so looks, highlighting yeah. water as a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both out of that kind of global commons perspective, but also the self-interest perspective, because it is it does have that parallel. It's not only important, but it's also important because we haven't managed <laughs> to, to solve those problems, with, yeah. which had similar attributes. And water is something that people understand. Okay. You know, climate change is a bit abstract. Some people understand it really well. Some understand it a bit. Some just don't understand it. Water, every kid knows how important it is to have water. When you're playing football and you're thirsty, you Look need at her water. Eyes. So there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really, in some ways, experimenting with this notion of the common good. Can we actually deliver this time in ways that we have failed miserably <laughs> other times? And hopefully we won't keep failing on the other things, but anyway. Do you, and by the way, do you realize when she says... She looks like she could manage two plates. 100%. 100% just like Arnold's sister. She, uh, the fact that she just said, Pat, she goes, we tried to vaccinate everybody on the planet. It didn't work. Then you know what she says? She goes, climate change is too abstract. No, bitch. You know what that you know what abstract means? We're not believing in your BS. Okay, the world's gonna be fine. But for her to say out loud, this is when I say when evil is in your face and they're smirking and they're laughing at you, she's saying, you know what? When we come after the water, then it's gonna be a problem. Because guess what? Even your kids drink this water. That's scary. Well, the thing for me is there's the problem, and then there's the solution. I think most people are in agreement on certain problems. Okay, COVID was a problem. All right. Uh, global warming, a problem. The water crisis, it's actually real, especially in sub-Saharan Africa and the Middle East. It's the Sahara Desert. It's a problem. The question is the solution. The solution, as we all know, during COVID wasn't everyone has to get mandates, everyone has to get jabbed, lock it down. Probably not the best solution, right? We had this conversation the other day with our friend Liz, like, what's the solution to global warming? How much of it is it man-made? When it comes to water, uh, you're saying that they're using this, they're being opportunistic to maybe push the climate change agenda. I mean, here's the facts, according to UNICEF on the global water crisis, 770 million people lack access to clean water. That's one in 10 people almost. People spend an estimated 200 million hours every day carrying water. The average person walks rural Africa six kilometers, which is about 3.7 miles every day to haul 40 pounds of water and um Urban water demand is expected to increase 80% by 20, 2050, quote-unquote UNICEF. There's definitely a, a global water crisis. I don't think anyone's objecting to the fact that 
People need water. There's a water crisis, especially in certain parts of the world, Africa, the Sahara, the Middle East, Lebanon, Afghanistan, like everyone in there. Like, But is the solution exactly what the World Economic Forum suggests? I would be very cautious. 100%. Whatever you know, you know the movie Big Short, when the movie ends and everybody's blown away by this guy, Michael Burry? Yeah. You know what the movie said at the end? What Michael Burry's focus was next after? The next wars will be fought. He over said, water. Over water. Oh, yeah. wow. And you know when he said that? In 08. Dude, that guy's a, he's a freaking psychic. That guy's good. So meaning, like, for everybody that's watching this, stop listening to the podcast. Go to the Nirvans. <laughs> go to the nearest uh, Al Ralph's or yeah. Albertsons or what, what is it, Kroger's Kroger, or what is it here or Costco, Publix. Yeah, Sam's go, Club. Go get quietly, it. without yeah. saying anything to the owner, go quietly. Fill up every single cart right. that you have with every water they're selling and just yeah. buy it. And get one of those commercial. <laughs> get one of those so Any reason why you buy it? Just a big party. Just a party. Yeah, a big a party. We're having a people. No yeah. reason. I'll, I'll add one more thing. I mean, we're so lucky here in America that this is not our daily, lifely issue. And when it is, like Flint, Michigan, a few years ago, oh, bro, everyone took notice. Oh, ancient what? ancient pipes and lead poisoning. Right. And the city so, huh, knew what? it. What? There's no clean water in Flint? What is America? What is happening right still now? still a problem. Well, we just talked about in um, East Palestine, right? The mm -hmm. water that was basically turned toxic still after talk they... Still okay, tainted. Thank God in America, these are one-off segmented issues. Imagine being in other parts of the world and literally not having access to clean water. So think twice before you talk shit about America. Go move anywhere else in the world. Good Let luck. me know how the water situation yeah, good is. good luck. Okay, next story. Miscellaneous. American apocalypse. Uh-oh. Oh, Question mark. 71% uh -oh. don't trust the U.S. government to prevent doomsday. Oh, this is a that study happen? that just came out yesterday. Obviously, it's a very inspiring story, but let's go through yeah, it. A actually, survey conducted by BonusFinder.com revealed that 71.2% of Americans have lost faith in the U.S. government ability to save them from or prevent a doomsday event, with many believing that such an event would occur within the next year climate change-related catastrophic, we're at the top concern with 55.8% of respondents fearing this type of doomsday scenario. Additionally, a third of respondents believe that another virus could sweep the globe, and 25% uh, feared the start of World War III. A smaller percentage considered scenarios like an alien invasion or events in 2024. The lack of trust in the U.S. government was bipartisan. 82% of respondents in the swing state of Arizona expressing distrust. Some respondents, 16%, cited social media and content they consume as influencing their doomsday preparations, while others pointed to news, family, and movies. Kai, uh, Vinny, what are your thoughts on well, this story? Well, first of all, it's, it's funny that 71% don't trust the government to prevent doomsday. Aren't we at the highest level of them don't trusting the government to do anything, period, with anything with politics and everything. So mm -hmm. I think when it does come to a doomsday event, don't rely on the government. Don't You have to rely on yourself. And I'm not talking about build a bunker or do anything crazy like that. But listen, Pat, I, I don't know if you have this. Do you have, do you have like a to-go set up ready to go just in case, God forbid, something happens where shit's going down and you have to get everybody in the car and go? Submarine parked outside no. the house for <laughs> no, 12 I'm just, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm being serious. I have a bag at my house, the 
oh shit, just in case you got to go back. And obviously, thank God, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm armed. I have guns and stuff, but MREs, I went to the Army surplus store. You have that. People don't really? think about, I'm dead serious, Adam. I'm not one of those guys that's, because you know, Rob has a bunker in well, his remember basement. Peter Pride. <laughs> no, remember I literally was just Pride. going there to Peter Pride. No, yeah, but, yeah, yes. but, but God, God forbid, and I'm hoping it never happens, let's just say, Adam, you get that emergency alert that came on everybody's phone yesterday, and it's, yes. re something's really happening. What? Are you going to go like this? No, no. You guys go. I'm waiting for the government. FEMA's going to send me a thing. That, no, no. Nobody's going to give a shit. It's going to be every man for himself. So I think you have to be uh, be prepared to well, take care of you and your own. I'll tell you what. I mean, thank God you have that back. The only thing I have is like an overnight sleepover bag. Quick, we need you out here. <laughs> boom, I'm out. I'm sleeping up. Boom. With your cats. But, you have but, to bring your cats. But I think and an a, extra I think, bag of kibble. There we go. <clears throat> I think um, a lot of people, normal people, who would look at doomsday preppers and you see those commercials, hey, come over here to... You know, <laughs> Arkansas, wherever, Oklahoma, and get your piece of land and go underground. People are like, the hell are these guys talking fucking weirdos. <laughs> now they're like, you know what? Yeah. What was that? What was that place again? What was that thing again? Yeah. I think people are like, all right, what's going on? Yeah. Because the world has changed so drastically. But Pat brings up a great point. We had this guy, Peter Pry, on. These, I think he's the only guest you had on back to back within, within a month. A month. Yeah. It was, oh, and really? Then, and, then he oh, died. and then he died. It was crazy. What did he die of? Not in the middle of the podcast. No. He died a couple months after oh, the but podcast. It was just like but rest his soul. And there's a lot of people that actually really love that guy. Super old Seriously, guy. Seriously, it's smart. actually worth yeah. watching because he yeah. talked about how to build a uh, e e EP, what was it called? Underground bunker. Yeah, underground. But what was, it was called uh, PMDs. What was it called, Rob? Preppers? No, no. Not sure. I got to go back and look. It was, you know, sort of like nuclear warfare. There was... Uh, yeah, here it is. Probably just right here. Oh, yeah, I do yeah, remember I mean, that. We, oh, we had episode 155, and yeah. then five episodes later, we brought him back yeah. to discuss And then he passed away. It was called, but, oh. it passed away. You know, but the whole conversation I had with him was like, you know, Mr. Pry, Dr. Pry, I totally understand what you're saying, but most people are struggling. You know, two-thirds of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. We see debt on the rise. We see people basically in, complaining about inflation, interest rates. Now you're telling me I got to go buy some piece of property underground bunker in Oklahoma, and I got like, who's buying this? He's like, look, I, I hear you, but go get it. Yeah. And the ironic thing, God rest his soul, he died. Turns out he didn't need he didn't need it, but bunker, me. But, but at the same time, at least we have this vault, <laughs> and whatever property yeah, we but, get, whatever new property we get, I totally recommend that we hollow out the downstairs and have one of those. Yeah. Uh, well, a little underground. By, by the way, to be like to be. I'm not being funny. What I'm, I'm trying to tell you serious. is, have you seen the doomsday bunkers, like the high end luxury? The ones that go straight down, Pat. And Bro, they have here, Rob, like, can you show this link I'm sending to you? Kind of sweet. No, no, some of these things. <laughs> no, and, they and, are. And no, like yeah, it's actually a big thing, right? That that one right some there. Some are luxury. On that one right actually. there. Watch this. Eleven uh, luxury doomsday this is bunkers. Real. Zoom. This, this is, is real. real? Yeah. This is underground. What the hell? Yes. Yes. Zoom in a little bit so we can see the pictures. It looks like Trump Top Plaza. Underground. What? For only 17 grand a night, you can <laughs> keep going. So this is an underground apartment. What? Yes, keep going. This is another one. Keep going. This is a condo. Under look at oh that. Look how far that goes down. Oh, my God. Bro, if you got the money. Yeah. <laughs> if you got the money. It looks like that building in Chicago. If you ever see the, the circular it's building in Chicago. upside down yeah. building going down. 
Oh my God! Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Trident Lake. Keep going. Yeah. Get the prices on these, though. No, but that's what I want to know. The prices it's on bananas. these things. Las Vegas Underground yeah. Shelter. Look at this. Kids playground, running around, doing their thing. There's a game. But, by the way, if you if you can't afford one of these, yeah. you better befriend somebody that's one of those crazy doomsday guys. This that house right there looks like that one house where once a year you can kill people, purge or whatever it's called. <laughs> purge. That's a purge house. Keep going lower. Okay, look at these houses. <laughs> Straight up, by the way, bunkers right next to each other like military. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Pat, what's the percentage of elites that you think? I'm talking about the real rich that have these. <laughs> like, there are people <laughs> yeah, that are actually. Let's talk our language. Anyway, so uh, to, our, to our viewers out there, don't that wasn't uh, some weird audio stuff. That's just their Syrian language. It yeah, goes no, back not, thousands of years, about, guys. Don't worry about that. We're not just said that they're going to go buy a doomsday prepper outfit right there. Vinny, but you know why you can't do it in Florida here? We can't buy one in Florida. Because the Biscayne Aquifer is in the yeah. way. Because we're basically like a few feet above water. If we go any lower here, we'll be swimming. Boom. You're hitting the water. Anyways, okay. Is there any story you really, really want to cover before we wrap up, Tom? Did you have anything? You, did you want to talk about the jobs report? Um, or do we, we cover it almost? I think we kind of covered economy. Okay. When more data comes out in a week, let's uh, uh, pick up then. Okay. Tomorrow, a couple things, guys. Tonight, I'm going to be at the Tim Pool event in Miami. Okay, they got an event going on. We'll be we'll be there tomorrow. Tim Pool and Jimmy Dore will be here oh, on a podcast. Brad, what time are we doing it tomorrow? Was it is it eight a.m. seven a.m. nine a.m. nine a.m. Yes, oh, why morning? can't we do it at seven a.m. I mean Saturday <laughs> no, morning. You know what? Time? You're, you're four a.m. Yeah. Let's just say that. Let's be grown up. Nine a.m. tomorrow. Jimmy Dore and <laughs> Tim Pool. It should make for an exciting podcast. And tomorrow we don't have an end time, so we may go over two hours. We may go three hours tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to go, but it depends on what we'll do tomorrow. Tomorrow night I'll be here. And I'll be in Miami. Yeah. And then next we've got a bunch of things going on, gang. And then unless if you guys got I any. Just, can I just one more time? Yeah, for my, for my uh, I'm going to be in the Tampa Improv. October 18th for one show, 7 p.m. The tickets are at improvtampa.com if Rob could put it on there. And uh, our friend Mike, uh, his birthday is today. So I want to say happy birthday to Mike. Which He's Mike? in there. Oh, editing. Big Mike. Zuby Mike. 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 Zuby Mike. Mike. Big Mike is the just in there editing. OJ. OJ Mike. OJ. Shout out to, OJ. to Mike. Right. Happy birthday. Go watch this man yeah, be guys, funny. Please, I'm gonna, it's going to be, I'm talking about everything and making fun of every yeah. side. And Tom's comedy special is coming out when? Next month? Tom's opening for me. Okay, Tom's opening. Support your local improv. Yeah. And nice. support 18th Vinny. Vinny. It's support no our boy Vinny. If you're support in your West local community. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>